film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah of St. Louis from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Indie Film Sucks. Hey, for real, Happy New Year's, you fuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have a hat on. Well, I, I, <laughs> I lost my New Year's hat. Oh. I set it on fire. What? It just happens. Oh, okay. At my parties, we get kind of crazy. I was in bed by 9.30. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't go to bed till probably 5.30 in the morning. Oh, okay. I was only up till 2.30 or so. Spin right, I win. <laughs> Spin right. that gap. But anyway, Happy New Year, boys. Yeah. This is going to be a good year for... 2024. 88mm, uh, Indie Film Sucks, uh, Red, Red Night, Night of Skies, Skies, all of it. All of it. It's a big year. We have to make it be our year. It's not just going to happen. we got to go get it. Right. That's true. And we got to get it no matter what mistakes we've made in the past. We learn from them and we move on. Okay. I agree. Mistakes we made in the past. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good topic for tonight. And we've talked a lot about it, the mistakes we made on old films. I don't think we need to rehash all that. But maybe what we would do different on Red Knight? I said we could do a couple. We could do Red Knight. Do whatever you want. What, what, who am I to hold anybody back on what they want to say? Well, Greg, you've done most of the production work because you've done all the, the work for all your movies so yeah why don't you go ahead and start us off with some maybe mistakes from early on but you know you just kind of learn we all learn from them, but so let's hold it to going we know we would have done more with money so let's try to narrow it into yes if you had more money i guarantee you would have done different things but what are the mistakes you made under your control within the budget range that you had is that fair it's not just having more money it's having a plan for the money. Okay. Right? Because earlier films, we just throw together a, a budget and start rolling without any real plan for it. Like, amphetamine was sort of pay-as-you-go. And Rhineland was also sort of pay-as-you-go. Rhineland, we raised a fraction of the budget needed and said, well, this is enough. Let's just roll into production. And <laughs> you're hoping to back into some money during production. I, I didn't even. Well, think, you were funding as you went. Yeah, I didn't even think that far ahead. I mean, <laughs> so we, mistake number one. Yeah, let's categorize. We, this. we, we got a no couple, plan. No plan. No, no, no plan for the money. No real plan. No real plan. Yes, script and a dream, basically. Pretty much. Right. And, and a little bit of money. And a little bit of money from a couple of investors. Enough to buy a camera and enough to. Wait, you didn't even have the camera. Didn't even have the camera. <laughs> Wow, you didn't Did plan. not even have the camera. <laughs> well, because the original cinematographer, I, I said, hey, man, start researching cameras we can shoot this film on. Knowing our budget was going to be Miniscule. around, yeah, it was going to be twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 tops. Okay. Back in, what, 80-something, 90-something? 2000, 2005. Okay, well. <laughs> so I had him start researching cameras, and he's researching, you know, 35 millimeter film cameras. I'm like, dude, we oh shit, we, damn, we can't afford we can't afford to process the fucking film right. for for the kind of money we're gonna have, mm. much less shoot on film. I mean, uh, no. So that's when I decided I need to get a different DP 
because I need someone who realizes we don't have any fucking money. Because the original guy, he, he like wanted to rent costumes from like wardrobe. It's just a war film, so it's a period piece. Right, right. He wanted to, to rent wardrobe from houses in L.A. and then have them shipped here. I'm like, dude, we cannot afford to rent these costumes because we're going to fuck them up. We're making a war film. We're going to blow holes and shit. We, we, Not I, wrong. He wasn't wrong in his thought process. He just didn't put the budget with what you could achieve. No, he thought no. he had a million dollars. Exactly, exactly. No, and, you know, I, I knew we didn't have that. The right. camera alone would be thirty-five grand to rent. I can't even imagine what the cost would be to, to rent 35 millimeter uh, film camera. It was not going to happen it's regardless. Great, it's a great movie. Sure. <laughs> so that's that's when I talked to another DP, uh, younger dude with less experience, but he was eager and good to go. And He was on board with the pay-as-you-go kind of plan. Effectively, okay. yeah. Because that's nope. what you are saying the mistake was, right? Well, you... nobody else was making any fucking movies. No. So, right. Well, like, let me I, ask you this. Greg is making a movie. I don't, I, I, let's go. Because <laughs> we're talking about mistakes. Yeah. Did you sit down and go, this is what I want to do. This is all the shots. This is all the stuff. This is how much it's going to cost. Did you do that? No. Okay. I mean. There you go. Well, fair enough. We <laughs> Good we, answer. We broke down the script. Me and the production designer, we, we say, and the, the DP, we broke down the script thoroughly. But we did not form a, a proper budget. Proper budget. Underestimated budget or proper budget? Either or. Okay. You know, another I, mistake. No. Just I, I knew we had X amount of dollars. We're going to spend X amount of dollars on the camera. We're going to spend X amount of dollars on buying some more wardrobe. We're going to have X amount of dollars to pay reenactors gas to bring out vehicles. But no one else is getting paid. Did you know how much each day would cost you? No. Yeah, of course not. No, right. no idea. Right. In three years. <laughs> no. <laughs> how many days not. did you shoot? 42 days over the course of three years. Right. Okay. Did everything wrong you could possibly do. Didn't even have insurance on that fucking film. But, I mean, amphetamine was made the same way, right? Because the way that I came to filmmaking was not going through film school, learning how to make budgets, learning any of that shit. It was my best friend died. Within a month, I was a filmmaker. Right, but that wasn't the mistake. That was the catalyst. Sure. Right? Meaning that I there were a lot of things that I should have learned how to do that I didn't learn how to do. And just through sheer determination, things kept working out. I kept getting projects done. So if I would have came to you and said, hey, Chris, you need to plan this, budget this, you probably would have had a hard head and said, no, I don't. Or I, who knows? Right. Unless I would have had the check in order to have been the executive producer and yeah. said... I'm going to help you control this, right? So you didn't have any of that. No. So you didn't know any better. That's the thing. That's right, exactly. But now looking at how we planned Red Knight. Oh, sure, yeah. And 35 Days and all some of these other ones. No, if if you really, Sound of Nothing was our first budgeted feature film. And how did that work out for you? Worked out well. Okay. Worked out very well. Yeah, we we came in on budget pretty well. We had to. Yeah, there wasn't (laughs) any extra money. Right. 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 Okay, so a good mistake. Yeah, no, Sound of Nothing was a $24,000 budget film, which we spent every nickel, trust me, mm-hmm. but we had all the money and everything in place before we rolled camera. Which led you to be able to budget a bigger picture, like a Red Knight yeah. or a 30, right, okay, fair enough. What other mistakes? Like, I had a, a very rudimentary budget breakdown, but there was not, 
I didn't know. I didn't know enough to know <laughs> that there was not enough money to make this movie. Exactly. I was I was too stupid to realize, like, hey, you should not make this film. You are completely ill-prepared to make this film. So my ignorance was my suit of armor right. in that case. Exactly. And that was okay, though, because you were like, come hell or high water, either you're in or you're out on this one. Yeah. Well, the business to Greg and even my mindset back then wasn't, what do you do after the movie's done? We know what's going to happen. It's going to go to festivals. Somebody's going to see it. Somebody's going to buy it. We're going to make a bunch of money. Yeah. Right. Not, you know, oh, God, can can you guys just not eat today? <laughs> <laughs> no, you never said that. No, he never said no, that. No, he I'm never teasing. said that. No, right. no, no. But, but it, no, he probably thought it, you know. <laughs> oh, he yelling at the guy and going, what do you mean, 500 bucks? You told me $100. Yeah, before you kept me here four hours longer than I wanted to be here. But, uh, I mean, that's... You know, so many of our early films were made with nobody getting paid. Right. Which was fine, you know, because, again, we were But young. the mistake wasn't planning that. The mistake was not realizing how much it actually cost to shoot a World War II movie in Missouri. Well, here's, right? Here's the thing. Because you didn't realize how much that cost. No. To do it the way you did it. No. That's why you had to do it over three years. Big bar on steel. 42 days. That's a What did we shoot Red Night in? 16 days. 16 days. We needed more than 16 days. We needed... At, at minimum, I say we needed at minimum five more days. We really could have used 32, probably. We really could have used 30 days. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, you know, if you know how hard business is at the very beginning, I heard somebody say this today, actually, in one of the podcasts I listened to. If you know how hard it was going to be to be successful at a young age, and you told yourself back then, would you even try? And a lot of people would probably say no because it's so goddamn hard. So kind of being dumb about things early on in the career of acting or making movies has helped us out today because we didn't know any better. Correct. I've been on a lot of your film sets as an actor, never as a producer, yeah. but I've been through the producer phase now, and I look back on some of the things I've been on and going, what the f why was Greg wearing all those hats? Hmm. Well, there, right. There was no one else to wear the hat. Because you didn't plan to have them wear the hat, or it wasn't ever in the... I don't know. Tell me about that. Was that a mistake, to not have those people? Or was it a financial decision? Or was it a strategic decision? Or personnel, ego decision? Personnel, yeah. personnel? No, it's, it's a financial decision. So a long, long time ago, when we're making amphetamine, you have to understand, we're coming from a culture of people who are used to working for free. Essentially, you know... People in theater, black box theater, you're not in it to make money. You're in it because you love theater. To build your resume up. Or, or just because you love doing it. Oh, that too. Mm -hmm. and, and people who make backyard independent films, like Spielberg, you know, started making movies when he was a kid, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't getting paid to do that, right? So you come from that, that culture of we're doing this because it's fun, because we love doing it, because it's exciting. That's what my best friend Tom, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's how he made movies. Him and I used to screw around with a camcorder, making all sorts of goofy films like Indiana Jones and Star Wars and all sorts of kung fu movies and stuff. We weren't getting paid. It was just me and him with a camcorder screwing around. And I took that mindset into the first shorts that I made, and then I, I took that mindset from the first three shorts into the first feature. So I'm assembling the crew of like-minded people, and I was put in contact with this guy who was a production designer. And he asked, hey, what's what's to pay for this? I said, well, unfortunately, there's no budget uh, because it's a small budget film and, you know, it's, it's a volunteer thing. And he stopped me right there and said, hey, that's great, but I've already paid my dues. I'm not doing any freebies. Oh, I get it. 
you know honest and, answer right yeah. we always say we want it we want people to say no up front don't dance around Right. Oh, yeah. You'd rather have a no than going, oh, yeah, man, man, I might show up, or he commits, and then he just backs out. Yeah, and then I just, you know, moved on, found someone else, because that's when, you, when you're first starting out, you have to find like-minded, excited individuals who realize the only thing they're getting out of this, they, they're, the only thing they're, they're, they're making is sweat equity, right? It's all free labor because everyone's doing it because of passion. That's when you start out. Right. Now, there are some people who are going to argue, oh, no. I, I, I got in an argument with this asshole on Facebook. So the very first film that I made, everyone got paid like, great motherfucker. I guess you <laughs> I guess you had resources to do that. How are you doing now? <laughs> no, no, no. But those aren't mistakes, Greg. You didn't make mistakes. You, you went with a culture and an understanding of how to pay your dues. Yes, but the mistake that I made was not learning from that. Okay, okay. So you, you're saying I, I had that time frame of these small ones, like-minded people, and you never developed from that or you never, you never took the next step? No, not for the first few years. Okay. Because the next movies were made with sort of the beg, borrow, steal, cobble it together sort of mentality. The way it should have been was, hey, let's take a step back. Okay. Let's plan this out thoroughly. Let's raise all the money we need before we go into this. Not let's just pull the trigger and go and just make it happen no matter what. Gotcha. And the project was a thousand fold bigger, right? With that same mentality. Oh yeah. And that's a huge mistake, but you pulled it off. We finished it, yeah. Oh, is it pulled it off? Is that okay? Sure. Just, you pulled it off. It? We finished it. I mean, it's in distribution. Right. So what? So what else about? Okay. So I get that you could have taken you. You didn't learn from the past early enough. No. From a, a, you call that mistake then, or kind of just a learning experience, right? Brock, you were on all these sets. Mm-hmm. What else did you see that within the budget? Let's so let's talk within the budget. What did you do? Did you use the money that you had wisely? Did you use the days wisely? Were there any other mistakes that you made that you'd go, man, I wish I could have gone back and did this, or the order I shot it in, or I was still flying by the seat of my pants because of this? Well, if you want to go like to the beginning on amphetamine, that was the first time I'd worked with Grega, and every time we had a location, it was packed full of cast and crew so I, I was a young actor back then i didn't know the difference between flying by the seat of your pants or having your shit together or not you know i was just paid actually not being paid to be an actor right but i thought greg was always up front you know you're not getting paid this is for you know imdb credits you know we're gonna feed you and i'm but there was no false promise of hey we're gonna this works we're gonna we're gonna pay and make you famous you know none of that bullshit no that's that's one thing because i mean stanzi eric stanzi i've mentioned time and time again he comes from the same culture of hey we're making movies none of us have any money you know that's how he started right and i learned a lot from him that's yeah that's how we all started that's i think i think that's how you should start you know disagree with me if you will but one thing i've never done and stanzi he's never done this to my knowledge is I have never promised people deferred pay. Right. I, I've never said, hey, if this sells, then we all get rich. I've never said any of that. I'm like, okay, here's the situation. We're making this movie. You know, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, I've been. That's I've a, been that would be a I've huge been fed mis- that line. No, that's times. a huge mistake to do that because you, you know, it's not going to come true. And you lose credibility. You and, and you know you have nothing signed, and you probably can't remember everybody who was on your set, and you can't remember who contributed, right? By the time that might yeah. happen, right? There's, there's no way to go back and do it. I think that's a huge mistake if you do do that. Yeah, I agree. No, but in the early days, like Chris was talking about, is everybody's working, well, like everybody in Red Knight got paid, right? But back then, 
we're all working to get to the next gig. Maybe that won't get, get us paid. Maybe we can do, the, you know, we're all, we want to do really good here because maybe we'll get used again somewhere. And obviously Chris and I worked good in every film since then because we, we worked well right. together. We understood this. You know, we're just trying to do really fucking good. Right. We want to make the best movie we can with no matter the budget, we want it to be good. So you know, early on, uh, that's what I noticed with Grega. And uh, then we got to see the movie and it was a hell of a success in St. Louis. Turned out great. Got another call a couple years later for the, you know, Rhineland. And uh, obviously that was a much, much bigger film in every aspect you can think of. You know, a lot more actors. Production was so much bigger. I mean, shoot, you had hundreds of reenactors. And I don't want to go into all that again. But uh, again, I, I on that one, I was just brought in as an associate producer for, you know, logistics more or less. And uh, I got to see production a little bit. I never knew what the money was. I never asked really what it was. So I just asked Chris what he needed. He told me what he needed, and I tried to help him out with the needs, whether mm-hmm. it be, you know, locations or, or food or more actors or, or whatever. So I didn't see a whole lot of mistakes on those two that I worked with them on at all. We didn't get everything apparently this next producer <laughs> wanted to have in the film, so we ended up filming two other winners after that. Yeah, right. That, and yeah, I guess that's my point is, and I think we beat the money with a dead horse, and we always talk about money. Right, money yeah. money makes the world go round. It right? does. And we all understand that, and you need this to do the film and stuff like that, and I get all, we discussed that a million times about acting, and I think we're stand-up guys, and we're, we learn from that, and we've never misled people from our company. From when you started... I've never been misled from mm-hmm. 88mm or you. I knew I was going out there to do. I was going sure. out there to have fun with no worry and no no stress, right? Stress was all yours. So I can't speak to the early days about how you said, first thing you said tonight was, I didn't realize, like, I should have planned the budget out, right? I knew yeah. how much money I had, but I didn't I didn't, I didn't. didn't take those steps. No. I thought it was loosey-goosey, and this is how we're going to do it, and we're going to roll like this, right? Took it more serious than that. Yeah. What I'm saying is I want to know because now I have producer experience, and I can talk about mistakes well, on he, Red here, Night all day long. Here's something I, I, I do notice, which have, Greg has grown in, is what the day really can actually do. Thank you. Okay. Like, we're starting to learn we can only do so much in one day. I know we're real aggressive in what we do because we have to be. Because <laughs> sure. Because, because of money restraints, right? Early on, you know, you get a bunch of people wanting to do this crazy-ass World War II film, and, you know, we're out in the winter and cold, and, you know, it's taken four hours to get the first shot off because, you know, the sun's not right or the camera's not set yet or the explosives aren't hitting the mark, whatever the case may be. And uh, I think one thing I can see is that we seem to understand the call sheet a little bit better for actors. You know, there's going to be some long days. Oh, yeah. But there's some days where, you know, we'd show up super early and then not shoot till like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, but we're there at 6 o'clock in the morning because sometimes we just don't know how things are going to be, whether it be weather or whatever. I mean, so speak to that on I mean, I'm just going back to your early stuff because I can only speak to the later stuff. Sure. So no. so think about that because I know how it was and how we planned every single well, minute that's was what, planned. That's, just, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, by the time we get to Red Night or even 35 days or sound yep. or nothing, I mean, the days were marked. Right. We knew what we could do. There's, I think the last day of shooting in 35 days is probably the hardest day we'd had, the last two days. Yeah, that's we because we, we, had a, we were going to lose location, and an actor, the, the lead actor, was going to London for like a month. So he was going to be gone. Yeah, so, there's nothing we could do about that. No. No, but that's where everybody binds together, and, but you <clears throat> knew it up front, and you, you made that happen. That's that's something that you can't, right? You planned for it. Yeah, you but, knew it was going to happen. But you, you brought up something that 
early on, you know, the call times were always super early, like 6 a.m. call for everybody. <laughs> everybody had to be there. Same time. And, and every actor will tell you if they worked on a low-budget indie set that, yeah, I got there at the ass crack of dawn, and I was there all day, and they didn't use me till like 3 in the afternoon. It's like, why was I there at 6 if they didn't shoot my scene until 3? And here's one thing you can always count on on an independent film. Something is going to go wrong. Doesn't matter what it is. Something is going to fuck up. Something's going to be completely out of your control that you did not think was going to be out of your control. And you're going to have to somehow scramble to fix it. And you have to basically put forth a facade that everything is in control. You uh, Really, you have to fake it. You have well, to we, fake it for the, for the sake of the... The, the, had, the cast and the crew. We had meetings about this, uh, you know, before the shooting on, on on Red Night. You know, we were like, okay, this actor, God, we're shooting these scenes. Okay, he really doesn't need to be here till like eleven or twelve. Yep. You know, we really because we really didn't want like Mac said earlier. As an actor, you don't know. You think the production don't know what the fuck they're doing. We don't want that as a company for other people to think that. I thought we took that in consideration sure wholeheartedly did. on Red Night, and I would still. We still I, made mistakes. The ne- right. In the next but, movie, I would improve that. Sure. I was looking at that from your your experience. Because you were yeah. like, if I don't get them there, they may not show up. I, it was that a thought process? Oh, oh yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you're thinking that on uh, Rhineland, for sure. Amphetamine, for sure. you got all these people everywhere and going, if I can see it, if I can get my arms around it, and I know everybody's here, I have a certain amount of time. Yeah. And I can plan whatever I want on any day, but sometimes people don't show up. It's independent film. Sometimes the dang don't show up. It's independent film. But if I have everybody here, I can work around it. No, yeah, but I mean, the days where everything was all planned out, like we're supposed to shoot these scenes X, Y, and Z on these days. So okay. There, there was a definite 100% plan, but the, the difference is the budget was not allocated What about properly. the communication? Because I, I saw on Red Night and some of your other films, your communication was spot on. You, you brought back to the cast and crew or you had a better first AD. I didn't feel like that was like that on Rhineland. It was it was kind of, this is what we're doing. Maybe it got done, maybe it didn't. And I didn't think the communication came down, this is my personal experience, to the actors as well as it did on your later films. Probably not. Okay. I felt your communication got better on your other films. I didn't know if you felt maybe your communications got better on other films as opposed to how you handled that on your earlier films yeah i think so because i had less on my plate okay right i mean if if you are the writer director producer if you're wearing all the hats it's really hard to express all the things that need to be expressed probably your biggest mistake was not being able to allocate other jobs other positions department heads and have people that you trusted i mean i know there's people you trusted but i mean you still seemed like you wore every hat, like you had to direct every department because you felt that was what a director's job was. But in a sense, it is. But, you know, when you have a group of people like on Red Night, you didn't, like you said before, you, you knew they were going to do the job. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You said, I need this. Get it to me. And if you can't, let me know. Lack of communication is the biggest problem in any business. If you, and uh, I thought Red Knight, sound of nothing, there's great communication, 35 days, Good communication all the way around. Yeah, let me jump in on that, Brock, because did you feel as a director, because you said something that I feel is 
wrong, not wrong, but as a director, you don't have to direct the whole set. Hmm. Did you feel that way? On the earlier films, yes. That's okay. what I was talking about, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, so you, you felt as you, as you did, which is you realize now it's not your job. You just didn't have the luxury of not having it be your job. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, because I'm I'm hauling all of the wardrobe and all of the, the weapons and stuff out to <laughs> set, you know, for Rhineland. It's like, that shouldn't have been my job. I should not be the guy hauling these orange tubs full of World War II stuff, you know, because I got other stuff to think about. But I had to think about all of that. You know, oh, did I get everyone's uniform? Oh, did I get the blanks? Did I get this? Did I get that? Did I did I pick up the case of water? Instead of the shit that I should have been thinking about, which was, what scenes are we shooting today, and how can I get the best performances out of the actors? Mm-hmm. Could you have delegated? At that time, I don't think we had enough people. Okay. Not enough people with enough experience. All right. I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair. So. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed that, it's really grown, and not just from Red Knight, but like I said just before, um, Sound of Nothing was a different pace, and so was 35 Days. It just seemed like um, we kind of knew what we needed to do, and Greg has seemed like he's more relaxed, even though not all the time. <laughs> he's relaxed as he can get anyway. Well, I think but, another mistake might have been is not bringing in that key, like, and only because you added me to the team later that's a huge weight off but i think that it might have been a mistake early on for 88 is not having that three-legged stool right of understanding of i got a great director writer i got a great actor producer i got a great actor another guy who knows fighting you know those kind of and really rounding off the business yeah and maybe you had that in other folks that you thought were gonna round that off and drive that um but i felt once we got that it changed a lot about how we thought about film marketing promotion that if you put that in your earlier films, and I'm not talking Ryan Land or Amphetamine, sure. I'm talking some of your, even your later ones where you still felt like you wore too many hats, that that could have changed some stuff too. Do you think that was, I'm not even saying mistake. I mean, we're saying mistakes here are, you know. Learning experiences. Learning experiences. Yeah. Do you feel like if you could have taken some of that off your plate earlier, you could have been a better director. Your films would have turned out differently, even from the smallest thing, to make it a little bit better. I'd like to hope so. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about this before. In my opinion, you need at least three people in a low budget production company because one person cannot do everything. Two people can definitely share the responsibilities, but. Three people is, to me, the magic number. You get too many people, then you, you, you can't have too, you have too many cooks in the kitchen, mm-hmm. basically. And you, you cannot make a film by committee. That much I know. I, I've never co-directed with anyone, and I, I don't think you really can. And I'm sure there's someone out there who can prove us wrong. But, you know, there's always one horse which is pulling ahead of the other one a little bit. Right? Right. So you have to have... One person's, I've, I'm, I'm a writer-director, so I usually have a pretty clear vision. I want to make a movie about X. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that clear driving vision. And if everyone else is on board with that vision, then, you know, everyone makes it happen. Right. And you answer to two of your partners who are equally partnered in that. Yes. From a financial business decision who can or cannot affect the movie from your vision, right? But that's behind the scenes. But once we get on set, your vision goes forward as one person. Yeah. And then you have to deal with executive producers and producers from a thank you, we'll take that in consideration, kind of, 
they're not in charge. 51, 49 percent. Yeah. Well, there, I, I do like this three-legged stool you're talking about, but I, I did notice on set of Red Knight in particular, because that's the most fresh, that they all knew it was a three-headed dragon. You know, they all knew that all of us were had the same at stake. We all wanted the same thing. So sometimes I'd have an actor or whatever come up to me and ask me a question that should have been directed to Greg. And so then I say, go talk to Greg. Right. You know, so uh, there's a little confusion on set, kind of, when that happens, to green people, the people that are kind of young. I'm not the actors, per se. Right. But the actual, some of the crew that are kind of young, the PAs, or maybe a really horrible first AD. I'm not going to say our first AD was horrible. I think our first AD was an inexperienced guy for that position. Who we should have drove and, and learned and, and drove him harder. But we didn't have time because we were driving and, and learning other things. And, no, and, I liked the guy. I'm just saying he was horrible at his job. But yeah, because he, 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 he was really green. You, you said know? you were going to be honest. I appreciate yeah, that, I mean, Brock. Well, I'm going to be honest. Why would I lie to everybody listening? No, you know? I know. I'm just saying. You, you know, I, I hope he it. does well. I hope he learned from uh, from what we, we should well, try to show him. I think that's an important consideration. You need to have a very strong first AD. You do. Because the first AD is effectively who runs the set. Correct. And I also think, though, your lack of having that strong AD from a paid position who we hired from outside of our normal people, right, for all our other films, was something that we learned about how you not having the stress of all the other stuff, because Brock and I took it on, Brock probably more than I did, um, but... Then you, because we expected you to drive the AD to the first AD to learn that portion of it, and I think that you having that experience for the first time was new to you. Yeah, and I think you were like, "That kid's okay. He does. He does. He takes enough off my plate." And Brock and I are looking at going. He's not taking shit off our. <laughs> he's not taking anything off our plate because we need him to do everything behind the scenes. That right, and we're like, "That's Greg's job." Greg's job is to drive this kid to make the first AD better, right? That's, sure. That's what I looked at. But I think now you know because you've never had that before. Well, the people that I had in that position were really effective. <laughs> right. No, okay, fair yeah. fair enough, fair yeah. enough. And we were actually paying this kid, paying everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought that we all learned from that aspect of it on everything. We didn't have enough department heads. Oh, yeah. Couldn't afford them. We did whatever we had to do. But I think that first AD... I realized early on that, yeah, he's not really cutting it, but you're right. He's doing enough. He's taking enough pressure off me that I'm like, all right, fine. Just do the job to the best of your ability. And, you know, we probably, in all fairness, should have cut him loose early on. That's something I learned, too. I mean... If you can't trust people on your set to do their job, then you do have to cut them. And we didn't. And, you know, you, Chris, and we've all talked about it, but we're just looking at our resources. Like, who's going to step up in this position? You know, we, we, got, we got a 32-day shoot. We got to do it in 16 days. How are we going to take care of this? So, I mean, that's something I learned for sure. I mean, we, we got to have backups everywhere we go. Yeah, and there was no one else to take that take that position so but we, kinda, we could have allocated the money for something else definitely yeah but i'm going to take a step back and put some blame on us yeah oh yeah sure yeah that we have never had these positions we did not set expectations like well, we I, should have i had expectations i just i knew we didn't have anybody to take that position i had I expectations have. and i did not i did not say 
okay, I'll throw it out there too for another position that we thought should have, and I'm not going to say this name, that we should have thought done more on Red Knight that didn't. I, a, I know. not because that person... We, we didn't give them expectations. We did not give them expectations. I and I, I think understand. I think the first AD, same thing. If I'd have pulled him aside, if I would have understood mm. as your partner and your partner, as the person who had a ton of responsibility, but I wasn't the main actor or the director or anything like that, I could have pulled him aside and go, I think we have a miscommunication here. This is where it is. Do you think we can do that? Because I want you to challenge. That's part of your job is to challenge the director on you time. Should. I, I on, agree. We, we failed at giving That's noise. why I wanted to put yep. some of that blame back it on is. us. I, I, and I'll take the blame too for it, sure. Okay. So mm-hmm. that, I always want to throw that back on us mm-hmm. because I saw that with other folks. That's what I'm saying. That's a mistake I And learned. I'm going to tell our wardrobe lady is she taught me a thousand things because <laughs> she came with everything professional mm-hmm. and goes, no, Chris, this is my Get out of my space. This is my job. I got it. This is no, I already checked with Chris. I this I knew I had to get it approved before we did this. Yeah. I sent my looks. Mm-hmm. I laid my looks out and I'm going, holy crap. Yeah, right. I don't need to know her job. She knows her job. Right. And other folks, I didn't lay out the expectations. That's why it's hard when people are green. Like I was saying earlier. Yeah. I mean So it, I, I'll take it, that it, as a mistake that we learned a thousand exactly. percent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because, like I said, I, I was blessed having a very strong first AD for, for 35 days, for Sound of Nothing, for Rhineland. Mm-hmm. She kicked ass. You know, she didn't, for various reasons, didn't, couldn't work on Red Knight. She would have been amazing at the job. Yeah, yeah. And we were delayed for a full year for starting production on Red Knight. So the, the AD that we had was the same person that had signed on before. So I'm like, well, they stuck around. So no, yeah. well, no, we're loyal. Mm-hmm. We're loyal, but I feel like that's we, always that's why I stuck around. Yes, and the other mistake I made is not allowing Brock to experience what you experienced, Chris, for your first film because I thought you were way vocal on that. Going, if I could have anything. It's to just focus on directing. And obviously, we all thought that was sure. way more important. And Brock, if I could do anything different on Red Knight, is is take some of that off of you. But I couldn't. I was inexperienced. No, no. And it, I, I, yeah. I didn't have a problem taking on you a did. little you, bit of stuff. You took on a ton. and But your performance, spot on. Well, it, thanks, it, it, it was. It was awesome. And I was looking for that going, ah, I know this day, this and this. But I looked, I looked in the way... Jeff cut it and the acting and everything like that. Thought everybody was spot on. Yeah, Jeff really does help. Editing really does help. Like, <laughs> did did I put that in there? Is that a negative? Did I? <laughs> no, man. Anybody in film and in acting, if they're honest, man, editing is key to a performance. It's key to a movie. Yeah, it is because I'll tell you what. I saw some shitty takes from everybody. Yeah, it just happens. That's and we, what it is. And we didn't make mistakes having you edit other films. We knew that we needed that other aspect of editing for this film oh yeah no and that that's one thing so i've had the function as editor for almost everything else and i never wanted to at any point in time did i and i'm a competent editor yeah right i am but there was never a point in time that i wanted to edit any of the other features but there was no other option there was zero zero options so that's the one thing I said when we went into production on this film. I said, look, whatever happens, I do not want to cut this movie. I absolutely do not want to cut this movie. We will make it so I cannot cut this movie. We will hire an outside editor to cut this movie. So I would say that the allocation of where you thought your funds could go 
or how you use the funds and or how you prepared or pre-planned for the funds never included putting money in for an editor. No. Okay. So that, that probably was the error that we figured out along the way to say we need to separate you from the film to get somebody like a Jeff Wedding or somebody of that caliber to cut our film, which I'm glad we did it. Mm-hmm. But I'll say it out there to the kids out there listening. It's not necessarily doing things out of necessity because the necessity was Greg had to edit. Yes. Right? It's the planning to say, I don't want to do it, but I may have to do it if the necessity is. But I would say is plan for not editing it. Plan for these things. And if you have to, then that's fine. But you have to put your money in editing, sound, the other things you've named before. You, I think you have to put that in the front. The mistake is not doing that. Yeah, I think trusting the people around you, like I was alluding to earlier, is, is key. We trusted Jeff after looking at what he could do, and actually he was on set. You know, we trusted him no problem, and you know he just went, as we said many times, above huh. and beyond what he the was love. actually hard to do. He just he crushed it. If you have somebody that you you don't trust and you, you allocate real money to them, I I've learned through this first AD problem, we we got to cut it quick. You know, no matter no matter what, like I said, we gotta have backups or whatever. That, so I think that's one thing on anybody on any set should learn is that man, if you can't trust somebody to do what you think they're supposed to do, like you said, talk to them. Maybe they'll pick it up. Right. Maybe they won't. But man, you're really slowing us down. Maybe yep. you don't have time to slow down. Well, you set expectations. Yeah. You develop, train, and then you have to let go. Yeah. I mean, that's the process I would see on the next set is, or you look at the resume and say, hey, you're not meeting what you said. Right, because we took on a lesser FX guy or special effects guy, right? I, I wouldn't not, say not lesser from that, but we knew, right? Because we had talked about this on other episodes. Yeah, we're looking at a guy with a bigger resume. Yes, pretty much yes, it. who we knew was quality, but yeah, yeah. but we knew what we but we took on a guy that we knew brought some other stuff with him. Yeah, and Zach did great too. Yeah, no, we were originally looking at a, an effects guy with a very deep resume. Right. Very impressive, worked on, you know, major productions, mm-hmm. but there was just something about him like, oh, I think he's going to... The trust thing. Yeah. He, yes. We're going to get halfway through this. He's going to bail. He's going to suddenly ask for more money. Something I just wasn't comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went with Zach again. But I thought we set expectations with Zach. Yeah, we did. Trust is a big thing for me. So I, I was on a, a 48-hour film project years and years ago. Oh, I not, not with 88, but... Uh, <laughs> But I I was filming with another production company, if you want to call it that. And uh, for people who don't know what 48 Hours, we said it before, you know, you show up and you you get a script and you got to make a movie within 48 hours, right? So I'm at this 48-hour project. I get the script, which is being written as you go, pretty much. And I I knew it was going to be a whole weekend thing. I I was totally fine with that, showing up. You know, I even brought a sleeping bag, you know, because I just didn't know. So we'll get to set. I don't shoot for like six or seven or eight hours. That's cool. You know, then somebody else's turn for their close-up or whatever. I, it comes back to be another four or five, six hours later. So I've been in front of the camera twice. And then before I know it, it's like 10 o'clock at night. We had been there since 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm laying down on my sleeping bag just waiting for, you know, the next time I'm needed. And I hear the director go to the DP, Okay, get this last shot. I'm going to go home and get some sleep. And um, I'll be back tomorrow morning, about 7 a.m. I get up and I go, what the fuck just happened? 
I t looked at another actor. I said, did the director just leave? And we're here sleeping on a floor in a vacant building. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so I grabbed my shit and I left. <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I know this director. I will never work with them again. Uh, because of lack of communication and lack of trust. I have never heard mm -hmm. this story. Oh, yeah, definitely happened. It's a great story. You know who won Best Costumes that year? <laughs> Probably Not, Greg. No. 80, yeah. millimeter <laughs> 80 millimeter Productions. No. No, but that, that's something I've always... That's a good story, Brock. I got Why another you bring story, that? too. You got another one? Well, I do, if you want a quick one. So another thing about trust is... Um, so I, I was on a commercial shoot, and uh, like Greg was talking about earlier, about, okay, if this commercial goes big, you're going to all get paid. Okay, so it was pro bono. And uh, the commercial looked good, looked great. And to my agent and my knowledge, uh, the commercial didn't do anything. About, I don't know, eight or nine months later, I was at a, a, a rap party for another film I'd been on. And I hear this director of this commercial behind me talking about this commercial to the director of another movie. I just wrapped a movie on. And the director, one of the directors goes, hey, how'd that commercial go? And he goes, oh, man, I'm doing great. I made a bunch of money. I heard him. And uh, he didn't know I was there. I, know. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so later <laughs> later that, that, that evening, uh, I asked that director you know, how the commercial was going. Said, oh, well, it's, it's just not working out. So oh, this no. director is either lying to me or lying to his buddy. He either made money. Or didn't make money. Either way, he's lying to somebody. Right. So Either saving the face trust. in the industry yeah, or, right. so there's no or way didn't to... want to pay you. Yeah. Well, we've never made jack shit, so. <laughs> not, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. So and... trust your people, man. If you don't trust them, if you get a feeling like Greg did about our, our FX guy, initial FX guy, yeah, no, no, just and, go. And, but your experience and your experience has helped us not make more mistakes if we're talking about that and yeah. how to how to drive things forward and i think now that we have all the voices in our camp that all that stuff in the past that you had to do on your own you're like man never thought of that or man i'm glad you're here to think of that crap or that's why your job is the insurance or whatever the hell yeah. we were going through right exactly because you had to think of that and you're like this is how i always did it i'm like well did you consider this this or this perfect so i think that's where and we'll talk about this again when we make the next film, is what are we doing differently on the next film? Because we've learned a ton of things. Brock, Brock and I talk about this all well, the time. We, yeah, we're going to work backwards in. Exactly. I just want to know what else we what else we learned. I've learned to talk about the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. True independent filmmaking. On the Indie Film Sucks podcast, brought to you by 88mm Productions, it's out there. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your friends. Tell, tell one, somebody. I said this last time. Tell one friend. And and have a great 2024. Have a great 2024. See you later. Love you, Mom. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks podcast.